and I, I take Bonsai off his leash, and he's all like, he gets like this weird burst of energy, like in the middle of the night. I know that he's gonna like want to run in, so like I open the door to the apartment, and I'm just like, go! So he runs in, and I open the door, and that's the moment where I was like, oh my god, this is not my apartment. <laughs> And welcome to May Week Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Bubbles, and I'm joined by my lovable co-hosts, Shaheen and Joe. Hey guys. Hi. With lots of love. <laughs> you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, apparently we are on iTunes, somebody confirmed. Uh, we also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at again or at again at gmail.com. And, of course, also Reddit. We're always there. Um, So this is episode number 68, and we're going to be talking about um, episode 606, which is Memento Mori. Um, What TV show? Oh, of the hundred! (laughs) We're going to be watching um, episode six of season six of the hundred, uh, titled Memento Mori. And if that sounds familiar to you, you might be an X-Files fan, because that is the name of an X-Files episode. And I don't know if there's any, um, if this is a nod to that. I think I read somewhere on on Twitter, because I cannot actually remember the subject matter of Memento Mori for the 100, but there might be some crossover in terms of theme. Um, So yeah, Um, it's great to have you here. Okay, so everyone's going to introduce themselves, um, and then we have a question this week. So we're doing icebreakers. Um, this icebreaker for this week was brought to us by uh, at Eagleclaw, W-E, or at Eagleclaw, we. <laughs> and um, it is fuck, Mary Burry, in parentheses, gender doesn't matter, um, Clark, Bellamy, and Raven. So <laughs> who would like to go first? You should go first, Shaheen. Okay. Um, Hey, my name is Shaheen. Uh, I live in Pittsburgh, and I study philosophy of physics and history of physics. And um, I would fuck Raven, uh, Mary Clark, and Barry Bellamy. Do I have to give reasons? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have reasons. (laughs) What what are your what are your reasons? Yeah, <laughs> so, I want to see your work. Um, I will. I mean, Raven and Clark are both um, fuckably high, uh, hot, <laughs> high. <laughs> um, B- Bubs would argue that about Bellamy, though. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, not to me. And so, <laughs> uh, but I would <laughs> never ever ever marry Raven, even if she was the last one on the on the planet. Um, wow, why? I can just imagine what a nightmare it would be to wake up next to her every day with her fucking <laughs> temper and her moaning and groaning about every fucking thing. And she's always I feel in like pain. We're getting she's always unhappy. Different ravens. Like season one, season two raven is very different than season five, season six raven. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Like, do I get to choose which raven? <laughs> Did she ever used to be like chill? She's never chill. Well, I mean, Clark was never chill either. Well, it's, yeah. she, she's chiller than Raven. Like, I could take it. 
<laughs> I could marry Clark. Um, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And so, yeah. I don't care much for Bellamy, so I'll like, just I kill could, him and bury him. I could marry Clark. I guess. Cool. All right. Joe. Um, all right. So now I'm torn. Now you have me doubting because I was going to go with fuck Clark, marry Raven. Um, <laughs> or, but honestly, neither of them matters um, because regardless of which one you with either one, either way, you're sleeping with both of them. And given that it is Clark and Raven, I now have a 100% chance of dying, in which case then <laughs> Bellamy would just bury me. Um, so that's that's mine. That's uh, mine. Wait, what did uh, you do? Fair. You married um, both of them? I, it doesn't, it's a toss-up between Clark and Raven, uh-huh. but no matter what, if I sleep with either of them, I'm dead. Uh-huh. Um, so then Bellamy buries me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hmm. Bubs? Okay, so my name is Bubbles. I live in New York City. Um, so my answer is I would kill Raven. I would kill her before I bury her because that just seems cruel um, <laughs> without doing that first. But she is the one that you would bury. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then I would marry Bellamy. And then with Bellamy together, we would fuck Clark. <laughs> and I would take a moment during that time uh-huh. to just be like, now you guys just go. And I would watch the lark finally happen. <laughs> and that's the answer. <laughs> uh, this was weirdly on brand. Who's not over Bellamy and Clark being married? How did you guys hear about it? How did you guys feel about it? Um, I feel like we have to just talk about it really quick. We just, have, like to, we just have to process this for a sec. Right? Um, yeah. We have to decompress. <laughs> so I kind of knew about it um, just before it actually broke um, through through various friendships and things. Um, but it was definitely a chaotic Friday night. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all right. Good job, those two crazy kids. Like, if they're happy and they love each other, then yeah. why? It's not my business. Yeah. Yeah. We're just here to applaud love. Yeah, just good job, guys. Good job. (laughs) And I will say, as the resident gay on this podcast, no, I do not feel like their heterosexual marriage being announced during Pride is a homophobic attack. Oh, my God. Like, what a fucking reach that crazy people have. Yeah, there was a a wide range of interesting, to say the least, reactions. Um, There was, I think, my favorite today... Was somebody compl- uh, um, claiming very clearly either crazy pants or trying to sell their um, their Amazon book, <laughs> um, and they're claiming to have been in a relationship with one of them, and okay. it's just it, it's just, those poor guys. Like I guess being a celebrity sounds terrible. Sounds terrible. Like who would want that? So, anyways, um, I, I wish them the absolute best, and it's just like. Hang in there, guys, <laughs> because the internet is crazy and there's nothing you can do about it. That's, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Shaheen, yes. any thoughts? <laughs> um, so I'm indifferent to marriage, but um, I'm surprised and happy that they're dating or together, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know why they kept it secret. Um, I always... <laughs> Considering that the internet exploded when they did announce it. Uh, I mean, they could have just know. let people know that they're dating before they got married. Well, um, it's I mean, But it's also that they're allowed to be private if they want to. I know, but like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't think any, 
thing would happen if they told us earlier. I always wondered. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how long this lasts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think part of it is exactly that, that they they weren't sure. I don't know. Like when you start a relationship, you don't always tell everybody because you don't know how it's going to go. And yeah. especially for people who are in the public eye, um, you don't really know how it's going to go and you don't want to like have to deal with like the ups and downs publicly. Yeah, but these um, are actors, they don't, they don't care how it goes. They they do care. They get married they really and they get divorced the, like six months later and they marry someone. Oh my God, stop. Don't say that. Two months <laughs> don't say that. later. And so what are we do talking about? Do you want me to have a breakdown right now? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be together forever. <laughs> In five years, I'm going to see one of their children or their child book together. Together. Their, their child. Um, and I'm very excited about that. Anyways. <laughs> um, cool. So I guess we should get started on the actual show since this isn't the Beliza show. It's 100. <laughs> um, so, okay. Memento Mori directed by PJ Pesci. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I'm, if I'm fucking that name up, somebody correct me. Um, and it's written by a newcomer, Alyssa Clark. Without me. Wait, I've, um, I've seen her name before. She's This is the first time? Yeah, that sounds familiar, yeah. right? Maybe I don't know what else she's show? done. I guess we should have looked it up is it um, beforehand. Um, yeah, you keep going. I will look her up. Okay. <laughs> so, overall takes. Joe, do you want to give us your overall take for this episode? Sure. Um... So yeah, like I, I'm still not really sure where I'm falling in on this season. Like it's kind of, I definitely have to sort of separate it out from the other seasons because it is so different. Though that said, like it really is a very different vibe for the season. Um, you know, the the questions that they're asking are a bit are, are definitely different. Um, we're getting sort of like a little bit more like monstery things like you know maybe the anomaly is apparently sentient or something like this is i'm i'm intrigued and i'm watching i feel like i don't have the sort of like aching connection that i had to the show in maybe seasons two and three um but you know i think i think the fact that we're dealing with a slightly pared down cast and that we're still having dioza and octavia paired up um which i think was fantastic um little iffy on the maddie stuff like shade had a is Ooh, a little yeah. um monstery like uh, <laughs> yeah we'll get I'm, to I'm that i'm not really I, sure where yeah. to, a little too much yeah i'm not really sure what what to do with that um but you know liza taylor's doing a, a great job um with with the two care you know with the with with the dual roles and you know i'm excited that we'll see kind of where clark is because it seems that maybe they don't die or something else gets fucked up um so yeah i'm i'm just kind of in it for the ride and yeah, I feel like they're spinning something up, and I don't know exactly what we're going to get. Literally spinning something up, according to Octavia's bad hand. <laughs> Her gnarled one. Yeah, like, uh, why Why are they being possessed by the Fibonacci, uh, <laughs> Fibonacci. geometric shape? That's that's my question, but whatever. Anyway, somebody else can go. <laughs> Shaheen, did you look, at, look it up? Uh, oh, yeah, so she's written, this is the only episode of The 100 that she's written so far, but she's written for Lore, The Exorcist, Dominion, Teen Wolf, and Lineage. 
Hmm, that explains a lot because I think I wrote in my notes for the the mirror sequences for Maddie. I was like, oh, suddenly a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, the um, and it looks, yeah, it looks like she's has that background. Yeah. But what about like, so what about the episode as a whole? So, what do you think? Yeah, um, I definitely feel um, what Joe is saying with the Aking connection. Like it feels a little more distant. Um, yeah. But I guess I don't know. I feel like maybe that will just happen with any show because like. It was just much more exciting and mysterious back then. And, and of course, you know, season two is my favorite, so um, nothing's topped it yet. Um, but um, I like what they're doing this season with the chips. And mm-hmm. that that's becoming like the main sort of um, plot device is uh, the chips, whether it's Maddie or um, the sanctum people or whatever um i, w- I mean i wish they brought ali back too <laughs> just throw it ali <laughs> i am shocked by this that mix you know <laughs> since we're doing all the chips now and it doesn't look like like well, flame is that much better than than ali chips so like can we like did someone maybe like put some of them call erica well i love that when i when i told you about that sci-fi movie on netflix and was like hey it's got alley vibes and you're like erica <laughs> i was like no the themes the themes <laughs> i will let you like- know if erica is in something <laughs> yeah it's like do you like the ai or do you like erica sarah because having <laughs> met her in person she does have a lot of charisma she really does she's quick as a whip yeah, very well dressed. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt uh, you. Yeah, no, so I like what they're doing with the chips. And of course, we'll get to the um, all the uh, philosophical issues with personal identity and all that, uh, which seems to be like the running philosophical theme of this season. And that's interesting because, you know, one worry that I had and I mean, uh, other people had, I've heard this worry expressed, is that um, the moral dilemmas might become repetitive. Uh, or the philosophical questions, but I think they took a completely different turn this season, and that's good. You know, the, there are new questions, new moral dilemmas. Um, that wasn't tri- a trivial thing to pull off. So, yeah, um, I like that. Cool. I think I feel similarly to you guys in certain respects. Um, I do feel that distance, but for me, it's not so much the story. It's not that I'm not excited by the story because there's definitely certain elements. And and you guys mentioned like Octavian Dioza, um, and I'm totally in for that. Um, Right now it's a B plot, but I wonder if it's going to take over um, as we get farther into the season. Um, I, I feel a distance to the characters in the, Instead of, like, them doing something and me feeling it, you know, like, feeling, like, what they're feeling emotionally and being, like, just carried away by the emotions of the characters, I have this distance where I'm like, oh, this is a reaction to this fan commentary or this is what they decided to do because people felt this, you know, I just, I keep seeing the reactionary um decisions the writers have made, so it's very hard to suspend that and just, like sink into the show um so while i do think that there's interesting things happening and, and i think that the pacing itself per episode has been really good um like i rewatch each episode so many times to try to like see if i missed anything and so sometimes like i think in season five i couldn't even do it for most of season five it was just so painful um 
But for this season, like, so much is going on, and I wouldn't say that it's rushed, um, although, because the show can, tends to be rushed at times, it, it was just, like, well-balanced of, like, going between different things in a way that, like, is enjoyable to rewatch. And I, I felt like season one did a real, like, the best job of that. Um, so, yeah, so there's things I like, and I'm hoping that they can get these characters into a place where there's not the, the space between what they're doing and, like, me feeling that. So, yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Um, I think we should probably knock out the Octavia stuff first. Okay. Um, I think that's, like, a a shorter part. And then we can do Echo, and then we can do the everything else. <laughs> Does that work for you guys? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, let's talk about Dio's and Octavia and this, I guess, um, a rush to save Octavia's life. What did you guys think about that? Um, I, I like. I feel like what they're giving with that sort of side of the story is actually really interestingly teased out. Like because by the end of this, it would seem that the original Gabriel still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, we found out that Riker is 200 something years old. So clearly, uh, I, and, and then that actually makes me want to know exactly how old Xavier is because they clearly, they, they have this, you know, regenerative, uh, tree sap. And so I wonder if right? that is a, another way that they are kind of like manipulating the anomaly and, you know, or, or is, are we going to find out that the planet is, you know, like has sort of thoughts and is, you know, aware. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying the mystery that they're, that they're kind of teasing out. And also, also, <laughs> I, I want your guys' read on this. So we initially were like, well, you know, obviously that's who Octavia is going to bang. Like that is fully 100%, you know, Lincoln slash, um, fuck, what was that dude's name? <laughs> Alien. Um, yeah. Like totally her type. But then we got... We got Dioza being like, you're not boring, I'll give you that. And I'm like, is this a red herring? Is Dioza going to bang him? Like, I I don't know. I don't know. Those those are my she, takes. Didn't she say that to Octavia? Which I thought that was, yeah, waiting. I thought that was addressed to Octavia. Oh, well, okay. Well, you all, you know that I'm for that. <laughs> I thought that she was addressing Xavier, but... Um, Either way, either way, I, I, I hear, I hear that pregnant ladies get really horny. So yeah. maybe she wants a baby mama. Yeah, baby mama. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm but into it. I'm with you about. So I've been wondering for a while: is Xavier secretly Gabriel, and he's been using that like regeneration juice to stay young? <laughs> I think that's right? pretty likely. That Xavier right? is Gabriel, yeah. Because he always seems to be there. Yeah. And he's always seemed to got the answers. And he's always like, oh, the old man, huh? <laughs> yeah, the old man, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, so... Like, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I just wonder if maybe he, like, you know, used a host body once and was like, I don't prefer this. And then, you know, or that's when times. he decided. Or huh? Or a few times. We've or a few times, know. but, you know, because he's had a couple hundred years to, to deal with it. Um, yeah, I, that would be, what a twist if it were Xavier. Yeah, I mean, it would have had to have been long enough ago that none of, like, the, um, the people living now that have seen him would recognize him. Because then they'd know it was Gabriel. 
Wait, what? You know? Well, yeah, and the primes don't really leave Sanctum, so they wouldn't be able to be like, hey, asshole. Exactly. We know you. Yeah, so I have questions about when exactly Gabriel left Sanctum, uh, and how, how has he survived since then? Is it just, was it just very recent? And, um, so like he's just living this body out? Or does he have a way of staying young, like you were saying? Um, or did he, did he found a way to, did he find a way to like, um, use maybe the body of someone who's already dead i don't know so like um somehow he's survived um so i'm curious about that yeah i feel like they're doing a good job of making us be like so what's gonna happen yeah and and i feel like dioza should have asked that question but it's just there wasn't time for us to know so like (laughs) she just didn't ask yeah (laughs) yeah and i wonder if um if if xavier is gabriel I mean, I'm assuming, like, now that we know about that serum, the sap serum, um, if Dio's is going to put two and two together, because, you know, if she sees that it makes you young, um, I think it's like, it's like with the whole Clark thing. Once they know about the chip, it's much easier for them to figure out that Clark isn't Clark, because Mm -hmm. that possibility is open. So now with that serum stuff, it's the possibility is open that maybe people are using it to stay young. Which, yeah, or figuring out how to, like, you know, uh, deal with the temporal flare. Like, maybe instead of dilation, um, you know, there's a constriction version that you can, mm-hmm. like, maybe you walk in through it backwards. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much to say on this section. Like, again, we're just kind of getting, like, teased at exposition and mystery. Um, so... Yeah. Cool. Speaking of yeah. time dilation, <laughs> so uh-huh. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, <laughs> time dilation is a technical term in relativity theory. Um, so whatever this thing is, the temporal flare and the sap, which I think, I guess is like concentrated temporal flare. I don't know. Um, whatever this thing is, is like causing time dilation. So I thought maybe it's just like a, like something that messes with gravity and hmm. and that's how well, anyway so like uh, but of course it's it's schmines but like i like that idea of there's this thing that like passes through you and it causes time dilation <laughs> like maybe it's like really heavy particles and it, it warps the space time around you anyway so i enjoyed that little hmm. thing schmines part yeah <laughs> at least they gave us something like because yeah. <laughs> before it was just temporal flare and there's like nothing but at least they throw in but now there's magic tree sap yeah they threw in like a scientific term for it that's that's you know good enough so yeah yeah cool um i like the part where um dioza said screw redemption and yeah. um <laughs> this is where Gabriel picked up on, or Xavier, mm-hmm. or Gabriel, I don't know. We don't know yet. Um, Gabriel. Where he, <laughs> Xabriel. Um, yeah, so I think it was interesting because um, he picked up that she meant, like, she made a deal with Sanctum, like, find Gabriel, mm-hmm. and her kid gets to live there. And it did feel like a summation of, like, the thesis of the show. Um 
you know, choosing violence, threats, um, exchanging your soul for, like, the life of a loved one. Um, so I thought that that was a nice little moment. Um, although sometimes the show muddles that thesis, so it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to, like, keep track of what they're trying to say. <laughs> um, but I still liked that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, cool. um, so did Gabriel, um, was he implying that Dioza thinks of, I said Gabriel too. Was Xavier, <laughs> was Xavier implying that uh, Dioza thinks of Gabriel or like sees herself in Gabriel in that like they're both rebels that broke off and became quote unquote terrorists. Um, and yes. so she's going after Gabriel to kill her former self, basically, to, you know, to get back at for her former self. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, first of all, top notch psychoanalysis there Xavier um I didn't see that but um did Dioza well so Dioza denied denied it right she was like no that's not what I'm doing um because that was yeah, his, she, his rete- redemption theory um yeah it was, she's trying to say it's just about her kid yeah and just making sure her kid lives and then what did Xavier say he said that if well, when they take your baby, she's gonna like clean bathrooms and stuff. Is that what every non-prime person does on Sanctum? No. Clean bathrooms, or no? What so is... there's, I guess, there's three, um, three like classes. Three classes. So the first class, obviously, are the, um, well, I guess four. <laughs> so the first is like the quote-unquote gods slash the primes in a host body. Right. The second are um, the people with night blood, potential hosts that haven't been taken over yet. Right. And then we have carriers, people who have the genetic um, makeup to um, pass this on potentially in the future. And then we have um, what Dioza's baby would be um, the bottom of the bottom, which is quote unquote nulls. Uh-huh. So these are people who don't carry the gene. And are not going to have, um, so th- they don't let them breed. Quote, that, that sounds, they don't let them have children. Because <laughs> yeah, um, they'll never it, uh, give birth to a nightblood. Is that it? Yeah. So they they decide to use their resources only on children that might lead to How do they other get hosts. those people on Sanctum? So I mean? think it's just like, you know, if it's a, um, if it's a recessive gene... You're not necessarily going, even if you are, you were in a long line of people who carried the gene, it doesn't mean that you're going to get it, you know. I know, but they can't determine that you, you don't have it uh, in latent form, that you can't pass it on. We don't know that they can't tell that. I don't yeah, know. Maybe there, there might a be a genetic test. test. Well, I mean, there's no way. I mean, that doesn't even make sense because even if you don't have the gene at all, I mean, this is not a Mendelian. I don't know if it's Mendelian genes that I, I don't know if there's recessive dominant but like um even, even if it's a recessive gene you have both of your uh chromosomes are have the rece- recessive one you can still have a child with someone who is either mixed or a night blood and your child will can be a night blood so well if it's recessive that i feel like they're trying to say that it's Night blood is recessive. So if you are homogeneous for um, no night blood, if you're like a, a B, big B, big B, yeah, um, it doesn't matter who you 
make babies with. You're not going to have a night blood child. Your first, so yeah, your are, children won't, but like your grandchildren might. Yeah, but they want people who are, have a better likelihood. So someone who's um, heterozygous or, so, you know, another night blood. Um, but this is, Bazai, come on. <laughs> um, but my, my like peak of interest here, Jesus Christ, shh, um, is so the primes, are they not having more children like are they when they take over a host are they not having children because it seems that like they're so attached to their family um it's just so weird to me that they wouldn't try to make more chips or something to have their their family keep living like do they not have the same connection with subsequent family members um so, yeah, like, do they not? I think it's very weird. It's a very weird concept that they don't have the same um, emotional ties to other children that they have. Um, well, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't reproduce. Maybe maybe taking the chip like fucks with your reproduction. I mean, like, I we, we don't think- have enough. We don't have enough answers. But at the same time, I'm kind of flabbergasted. That Abby, a non-bioscientist, was able to re man, like reverse engineer Nightblood, and that these people fucking couldn't. Yeah, like that You've to been me. Saying that like, every time. <laughs> and 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 that like whatever create like whatever they like everyone from Allegis Three had Nightblood, right? Like yes. that's how they got there. And then they started having kids and then some like obviously didn't, but you know, they had grown up. There are enough mutations that you could be a red blooded person and then still, you know, obviously um, live, you know, survive on the moon or whatever. But <sighs> dear Becca, maybe you could have made it so that Nightblood was not fucking recessive. <laughs> and that like, if you have it, then you pass it on. Like, I don't understand why this is so complicated. Um, you know, that is weird. I think, I think what happened was because they talk about the embryos. I think that they didn't, if they had children with, like, I guess it was just the dad and Gabriel who survived. Did no one else survive? So I guess they couldn't procreate. So they raised the embryos and the embryos weren't Nightblood embryos. Why couldn't they? So then, wait, are they like Adam and Adam? (laughs) (laughs) Adam and Steve. (laughs) So, um, but I mean, regardless of whether it's recessive or not, if two Nightbloods have a child, that will be a Nightblood, right? So they should be having more babies. So why we? We're asking a lot of questions, and we're not going to get these answers. I but like I hate I hate like so. One of my frustrations that I've voiced several times in the podcast, so I'm so sorry <laughs> that you're hearing it again. <laughs> um, when it comes to the flame and the Becca stuff, they do not pay enough attention to building the mythology. Like, it is very cool that it's all connected. Like, I love that it, it it's like this this little, like, um, vein that goes through the entire show. Um, and that's partially why I get so frustrated that, like... Um, you know, the the mythology of the flame, like the um the conclave with children that they kill all the nightbloods, doesn't it was make the dumbest sense. thing ever. It doesn't make sense that you have a bunch of like teenagers in the flame who only based on having thirty three commanders, each only was in there for like three years. So what kind of 
intelligence slash information slash knowledge are they actually contributing apart from, I hate pimples and my crush doesn't like me. Well, and also if they only survive for a couple of years, then that means that just batches and batches and batches of nightbloods must have been getting born on the regular to be able to have a conclave. Exactly. So did they make it better? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm super like, and it seemed that nightbloods were still pretty fucking rare on earth. And so I'm like, why? let's say you needed, let's say at minimum you need like five to have a a conclave. Like that would mean that like there should have been in a, in addition to the kids, in, in addition to Aiden's class, quote unquote, that Antari killed, she would have had to like theoretically murder a bunch of other smaller children who would have been, you know, on the next sort of, you know, line. And what if hypothetically a commander lived to be really old and therefore the, the next class also lived to be really old? Like... But there was kids mixed in who were less Yeah, but old. then there would be like a weird conclave. Yeah, I just... <laughs> exactly. It, I want a whole season of that. Like, give me... This is what I want the Grounders prequel for, just so I can get <laughs> fucking answers. Just, yeah, so it can make sense. But, like, I hate like I hate that they do have to, in a lot of senses, re, like, reverse engineer things to make and them Shade, make sense. Shadehead is fucking old. And it doesn't make like, sense. Like, that dude's like... That dude's like 35. You're, you guys are really worked up about this whole conclave <laughs> thing. I mean, and the flame seems... Maybe we'll get answers. They've always said that the flame is kind of um, broken now. Is like, it's not working quite right. And I think this... I I read the whole Maddie thing. I guess we're now segueing. <laughs> um, I read the whole Maddie Shade Hedda stuff as being part of the whole flame is not... The flame is not really working right. It's kind of patchy some of the data's been lost um they don't get good they access can't download to the it. latest update <laughs> <laughs> the firmware the, the battery life has gone to shit <laughs> yeah so it seems like it's just not functioning right and so some parts are just like maybe like uh invading your brain or whatever i don't know so um i chalk up a lot of stuff to the flame is just not working right um then they've they've to be fair they've said that in the canon that yeah, this is not how the flame was supposed to work when Becca made it. But anyway, I think Raven said that it was degraded yeah, in season three. Yeah, some of the so, but they haven't addressed that again. It made me think that they are retconning that and that it's not degraded and it's fine. But like, <laughs> maybe maybe it's degraded and now we're finally addressing that they said that in canon. And I don't know, can they fix it? Like, is that what we're gearing toward? Are we going to get rid of Shade Hedda? Um, delete him. <laughs> um, I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like the flame is bad sector. There's some bad sectors. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, they, right. So, like, I, I always felt like, yeah, this is not really working most of the time because, like, the people who took the flame didn't really seem any wiser. Whereas, like, um, yeah. Becca said that this will make you a supercomputer. Like, you'll be able to run simulations very fast in your head and this is not doing that at all for maddie or anyone else so i always assume that it's just kind of dead sometimes it comes online and <laughs> so instead the flame is just literally just a bunch of teenagers yelling at you <laughs> in your own head and you're like so this is not great yeah. this is not the soothing um sort of uh what what would be the word for it not conclave um quorum uh-huh. that i was expecting this this advisory board it's just a bunch of petulant teenagers yeah. bitching <laughs> yeah. yeah 
I don't know. I don't know. It's like, yes, you do look fat in those <laughs> jeans. How dare you try? <laughs> yeah. um, oh, Shadehead is a bitch. Shadehead is a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so in terms of, like, other <laughs> men... Hi, for the love of God. Shh. Um, in terms of all the Maddie stuff, um, so apart from her issues with the flame, I mean, what do you guys think of, we sort of touched on it, but what do you guys think of Shade Hedda specifically? So that's like a really, so here's kind of the issue with, um, this it's sort of a parallel that we're getting to see of this godlike sort of figure in grounder mythology compared with this godlike thing in you know in the primes where hmm. um you kind of grant all of this power to someone because some reason you think that they should have it but then it turns out that they are not great bob hmm. um and you know we we even had this and I'm jumping ahead to where uh Maddie banished um banished Gaia and uh, hold on, let me find my note. Um, like, so, so at this point, the only people who are awake, who are practicing the grounder religion, like actually practicing are Gaia, Maddie, maybe Echo. I really don't think that Amori is into it at all. And like Echo is uh, still brainwashed, still brainwashed, but like not that much. And so banishing Gaia, like, it's literally if we if we remove Echo from this, it's a it's it's a 13, 14 year old girl being like, hey, you get out. And Gaia being like, well, you said so. So I guess I've got to go. And you're like, dude, dude, just lock her ass back up in her bedroom. Like, come on now. She's like, 13. You don't give in. Yeah. Like, come on. Girl fucking spine. You're a terrible babysitter. No, she does not get to eat all the chocolate that she wants. That is a, 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 don't believe her. Goodness. Are you saying that because there aren't other religious people that she she should stop believing? Well, not that she should stop believing, but that she should, you know, She's be like, praying so to garbage. let's just pump those brakes just a second. Like, <laughs> you're clearly possessed. Um, but as far as Shade Hedda goes, yeah, it's kind of like them, you know, I guess what uh, the the flamekeeper of Shade Hedda, like, also tried to stand against him. And so he, so Shade Hedda killed him. And you're just kind of like, so you don't really have a system. What what was it? Lexa decided that there was a system where you could actually re, you know, re, do a recall of like either voting or killing um, an existing commander. Like mm -hmm. I feel you like can vote them out. Yeah, I I feel like the whole shade head of thing. You're kind of like, well, that that one's a dud. Yeah, we we throw out that pancake. Yeah. Oh, um, that's kind of cute that Lexa did sort of make like a democracy. Kind of, they at could least, at vote. least a system. Like a, she, like a, she was more of a prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, than a, a king. I, that's nice. That is but, nice. But Gaia being like, well, if you banish me, then I have to follow that. I'm like, do uh, you though? Oh my God. Do you? That was so painful to watch, to be honest. Um, I know we're jumping ahead. That's fine. I, I wish that like. I'm not wrangling. <laughs> I do a terrible job, but let's continue. Um. <laughs> I really, so for Gaia's character, I really liked her from what we saw in season um, four. And f despite my issues with season five, I don't think that a lot of my issues were with Gaia. Um, I, I like her. I think the actress is great. She's a ray of sunshine in person. Um, 
And so I really would have liked her to have a more interesting story in this where she she's learning to and like we we saw it in um what was it 604 uh we know last episode was last episode when they found out about it yes uh, yeah yes last episode where she has that realization like they they just trick their people into believing that they are gods <gasps> a scandalo exactly and, and and so they just give in and, and, and it's just like, and Murphy like calls her out on it. And so I would have loved if that moment she started to really question it so that when we have this battle with uh, Maddie, she's kind of like, oh, you want me to go? Then you're going to like, as Hedda, give me a really good reason because X, Y, and Z. And, and yeah. trying to push against like her preconceived notions of, of like her position of the subservient do whatever you tell me, leap of faith. <laughs> um, I thought that that's where we would go from that scene last episode, and we haven't. And maybe maybe it'll come back to it. Maybe I'm, like, jumping prematurely um, on them failing on that. But um, that's kind like, of – Like, I kind of – I want yeah. Gaia to, like, go downstairs and for them to be like, where are you going? She's like, Maddie banished me. And they're like, get the – sit your ass down. <laughs> She's fucking 13. No, just give me a minute. We're going to go talk to her. You know what I mean? Like – That'd be a great thing for Raven to do. Right? Like, give Raven something to do besides, like, mooning over terrible love interests. Right? She, I mean, use her rage for good good measure, you know? Something. Something. <laughs> um, and But a, a, what we were talking about earlier with Alyssa Clark um, coming from lore and what was the other horror-based stuff? Um, whatever. She's done horror. Oh, exorcism. Um, the exorcist. Um, I loved the mirror stuff. Um, and, and we really need to talk about, um, so we're jumping ahead, but I think this is a good part to talk about it. So Josephine has said twice now that when she first takes over a host's body, she doesn't sleep. So mm -hmm. she's on like 72 hours of being awake right now. Um, meanwhile, we see, uh, Maddie sleeping and dream, or yeah, in like a sleep-like trance. Um, talking to the commanders or Shade Hedda, and um, we see Josie wake her up from that. And um, after she wakes her up from that, and, and you know, Gaia warned her. She's like, we don't know what that did to her brain. Like, you interrupted it, whatever. And then Maddie starts seeing Shade Hedda in mirrors. And it's like, so he's crossed some kind of threshold in the mind um, that he is appearing to Maddie while she is awake. Um, and so I, I have to like think that that's, um, what's, you know, it pertains to Clark and also Josie. So like, if, if that's like a thing of the mind where when you're asleep, it's more vulnerable to some kind of like crossover. If you're like the host and you have like the, the chip, um, I don't know if, that's why they stay awake or in plot reasons that <laughs> Josie couldn't sleep for the first 72 hours because we weren't ready to tackle this little tidbit. Because <laughs> we needed Murphy to be snoozy to, for Well, yeah, she needed to do all of this without Clark interfering. Exactly. And so then they said, and, and if, the, yeah, if the rule is sleep is what makes you vulnerable, yeah. your, uh, lowers your firewall, um, then, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's actually a nice... Exactly. That's a nice little, um, yeah, trick <laughs> to make that happen. Exactly. So I think that's where we are now. 
Um, I, um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go for it. I think I've. I was just going to talk about Shade Hitta. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, uh, we're, fuck it. We're just talking about Shade Hitta right now. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little bit much. Like, yeah, it's doesn't. It's not in keeping with the sort of general tenor of this of this story in this show. Uh, he's a little just too cartoonish and I don't know anime. He's just, campy, campy villain where you're like, ooh, I'm a boogeyman that can see you in a mirror. Yeah, it's a like it's very like eighties horror. He's yeah, a little like bit of a McCreary. His voice, exactly. like, could he have a normal voice? Like, murderers no, have you normal have to be voice. Raspy. Like evil people have normal voices. Like evil people don't. You know talk what the like, creepiest fucking like murderer that. is? If you've ever seen, if you've ever watched Mindhunter, the guy who plays um, Ed Kemper, like that is a creepy goddamn voice, and it's a normal sounding voice. But you're like, you're a creepy motherfucker. Yeah, there could and be a lot of creepy voices that are not like, uh, you know, from cartoons. And yeah. so, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> But, um, so regardless of that, um, I thought that, um, there was actually, I was looking at the, um, Triggered Slang version of, um, or the content of this episode, because, you know, what else? Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because there's a lot more than we saw. It seems like some of the dialogue between Shade Hedda and Maddie was cut out, um, so, oh, it was? Yeah. Um, I don't think I read that one. So, should I read some of it? Yeah, yeah. please do, because I, I totally missed it. So, one of them is that before, when he says, it's just you and me now, uh, before he says your teacher knows nothing, uh, etc., um, there's a sentence, I'm sure your Seda, your teacher, told you to think good thoughts. Are you? Um and then, so then there, he says the stuff about she fears your power and you must kill her. And then he says, you're scared that you'll be alone again, like before she found you. But you won't be. Let me be your light in the darkness. Take my hand and together we will conquer this world like we did the last. Um, huh. Yeah, there's also a sentence where he says... Um, you're the commander. You led an army. You saved one crew. Um, yeah, and then and then and then he says, "She fears your power." So that's the power that he's referring to. He's like, "You're already very powerful," and she Gaia is scared of that. Um, yeah, I feel like it made made a little more sense after reading this. Um, I wish they yeah. had the whole dialogue in there. Yeah, I feel like they maybe shouldn't have. Yeah, because that that I mean it. it I wouldn't exactly say that it like goes a long way to explain everything like, I, but yeah. it, it definitely like helps sort of flesh out the whole thing of, of why Maddie might be more easily able to be swayed. Yeah. It gives context. Yeah. yeah. Cause like otherwise Shade Hedda is like, obviously just fucking evil. Like, duh. Like just yeah. look, <laughs> we, we have the, we have the creepy robe and the scars and the scary voice. Like don't listen, don't take candy from him, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. One thing that the extra lines add is that, uh, Shade is actually trying to convince Maddie in some ways or like persuade her at least like sort of, um, you know, in, influence her mind as opposed to what we saw, which is mostly look like he's just possessed her. Like she is not thinking anymore. 
Whereas it seems like with this dialogue, with the extra stuff, it seems more like he was trying to, like, you know, get her to be paranoid and get her to be uh, thinking a different way or whatever. Interesting. Where did you get that script to screen? Because I don't see it on... Uh, I went to the Trigger Slang, uh, to TriggerSling.net. <laughs> and um, uh, if you go to translations, there's for uh, there's the Trigger Slang content of every episode listed uh, by episode name. And yeah, and the translations. And then um, some of the older ones also explain... Um, well, no, I mean, some of the translations explain, like, the English origin of these words, and that's pretty cool, too. I love that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I totally missed all that. I'm glad they kept David J. Peterson on. He's really cool. I like he him. is cool, because he also, he's done a lot of cool language stuff, like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Game of Thrones is all him. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. Um, so for Maddie that she talks about, or Gaia talks about like the dream space in Maddie, Maddie entering the dream space. And like, if she gets in trouble thinking of her one thought, that's like her happiest thought, what would you guys think about if you had to like, what would be my happiest thought? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think about that Um, when that? And my girlfriend is not listening to this podcast, so I don't have to say anything about it. Joe, you are my favorite robot. <laughs> um, I don't. I honestly don't know. Like, I mean, fuck. I don't know. Like, what my like finding out? Maybe finding out that I got into into NYU and was gonna get the fuck out of Alabama was probably like <laughs> yeah. pretty high up there. Um, that uh, like training and time like I, I don't know like I've had I, I think that I've had a pretty pretty charmed life uh-huh. um so it's it's it, there weren't like any like super duper duper highs everything's just been pretty solid yeah does that make sense <laughs> yeah that's, that's cool. awesome that's yeah. best luck to have yeah. I mean I mean you end up a boring person but everything is like <laughs> you know medium good all the time yeah yeah nice <laughs> um um sorry i forgot (laughs) what we were talking about for a second i had a good oh um the my happiest memory uh Uh i would probably i mean if you could this thing is like you can't really remember it but if i could i remember one of like those insane orgasms that i had that i thought like (laughs) i'm gonna lose my mind (laughs) i would just try to remember one of those i mean it's really hard Cause like you remember it three minutes later, you forget it three minutes later, and you're like, "Oh man, I want one of those again." So, um, but yeah, that would, and then that you would... see what you were watching on Pornhub, and you're like, "Oh God, just close it, close it, and yeah, it's like, top. Everybody's been there. What have the I done? The shame is universal. <laughs> yeah. So. so, so that that is just the highest and the lowest, then. Um, yeah. <laughs> Quick succession. Best yeah, it's like, there is like a 500 milliseconds between them. So it's, <laughs> I'll try to stay before that line, you know. Because then after it's the lowest moment where you're like, oh, that's, yeah. that's me. Like, that's oh me who's God, into that. I can't that. believe myself. It's like, I hope no one's recording this. Yeah. So. 
that's the <laughs> thing that like so so I don't necessarily believe in sort of you know any kind of afterlife or anything like that. But if if we did you know get sort of an afterlife of you know a reckoning or or an accounting of you know this is how many pounds of toenails you clipped in your life. Like, you know, this is, um, you know, how many times you went to the bathroom, whatever the list, you know, like quantitative list might be. Um, like what if there's just like an accounting of like the, the last frame of every porn that you were watching, like at the moment of orgasm and you just get to see (laughs) you were a horrible, disgusting monster. Neat. All right. Anyway. Wait, are you seeing yourself and the porn? Oh, God, that would be even worse. Nobody wants to look at yourself. Oh, God. This is disappointing. Yeah, that's just like that you want to die. Right Here's there. the like, thing. If you... Were, I have a question. Number one, do, do primes have to be put into a body that matches their, you know, original, like... Oh, great question gender or I'm, I'm gonna butcher all of the like sort of pcism on this like and i and i mean no, no disrespect whichever one it but but if you were if you are a female identifying and you were born with female parts mm-hmm. do you have to be put into a female parts body i think that's a great and if so or if not what do you like honestly like the first thing that as, as clark said or as josephine said a ferrari like i feel like the first thing you would do is take that body for a test drive <laughs> would, would, would you not <laughs> yeah i yeah. mean so i don't know if you'd have to like as a technical matter but i i'm assuming that's what they've been doing consistently and i think it would be pretty jarring if if you've been like you've been a female identifying for a hundred years and now all of a sudden you have a penis that's a little weird so but but you sh- it's a I little weird a but weird. if you can just jump from body to body like i don't see like why you wouldn't because it's not that you're bringing your female brain with you you're Aren't you? inhabiting the gendered brain that you're inhabiting right you use sure. like, the same process but the code is the, the brain the education was all, but is it the biology the or is it the? the I mean, memories? I'm pretty sure I can I, figure out how to pee standing up. Like, I, I don't think that that is like <laughs> outside of my like capabilities and wheelhouse. Just, just that I think that you, Shaheen, could figure out that you probably should sit down. Like, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, that's the easiest thing that men have to do, though. I think what, peeing, peeing standing up. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's like a biological thing that i think like whatever body you're put into you acclimate to maybe i feel yeah, like you're answering like you're... or asking the really important questions well, that they're never jason going and to the writers really it. wanted us to ask <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i had this i mean this question is even more pertinent with in humans with the sense is like what does it mean that some of what it, what does it mean to say niska is a woman mm-hmm. um what are, yeah they don't the co- like is the code gendered? Like- Do they have like gendered code or like, yeah, that doesn't, that, that never comes up, but like, and they, you know, their mannerisms and everything is gendered. Um, and, but like, is that because they're always in that body and that's how society treated them? Um, or is their, their program different? So yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Things we're not going to get answers to yeah. any of this. Um, what what were we talking about? What section? Dream are we space. Um, yeah. Do we have anything more for that? Abby will actually about question. that, which we'll get to. What? Abby will actually on that, which we'll get to, and we'll actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my thing was so none of the other commanders were there. 
what's up with that? Yeah. Um, but since that was mentioned in a... the text, that I'm not complaining about it. What did they say? Um, first thing Maddie says is, where are the other commanders? So that was definitely... Well, they didn't tell us what the answer was, but the fact that the writers recognize this means that it's not just, you know, hmm. it's not just a mess up. Like, there was something... I feel like Shadehead has messed with the flame or, like, has, like, blocked some of the mm-hmm. other commanders or something. I don't know. Um, it seems like he's taken over the flame. And mm-hmm. the other ones are kind of locked out of it. Um, but, yeah, so... Maybe just, again, malfunctioning of the flames. Like, <laughs> it's just not working. They missed Windows update or, you yeah. know, <laughs> OS X update. Or they got one of the shitty updates that it just messed up the whole thing. The one, and they didn't get the corrective one after it? Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, oopsies, we fucked that shit up. Oh, but we burned Becca at the stake, so we can't actually fix anything. <laughs> um, so maybe it's just that they couldn't get the actress who plays Lexa back, so like, we can't have some of them and then not Lexa there. So let's just have yeah. nobody that, there. I mean, also <laughs> probably that. Yeah. That's an interesting. Oh, there's some spec yeah. that she's coming back though. There's some spoiler account out there that's no, saying that so she's I think, coming back. No, I think what that was was because we get like a quick clip of actually ADC as Lexa, but like old footage that we've already seen. But I think that they still have to credit her in the episode for using her likeness. Uh, um, so I think that that's probably what the IMDb kerfuffle was about. Ah, uh, that would be my guess because like I, I really don't think that they managed to get her. Like, I I, if really I were her, I wouldn't. It. If I were her, I wouldn't come back. Like <laughs> that. And I say this as someone who fucking loves Klexa, but like, yeah, I'm surprised you that's say just that. the, no, no. Like, my heart would want it, but my my knowledge of fandom and Oof. that we are not allowed to have nice things and be adults about it knows that it would not be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess the the spoiler account also says that she comes back in a new body. Um, and if that comes true, because I Wait, said it Alexa once on, does? yeah, I said it one on, once on Reddit that like, it felt like that's what they were gearing up to do. So if that comes true, I was downvoted to shit and <laughs> shame on all of you. <laughs> you were right this whole time. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, <laughs> I mean, if the chemistry is there, I'm down. But at the same time, I'm like, huh, really? Honestly, yeah. at this point, fucking tie Maddie down and take the take the flame out. Like, don't don't let her like hang out with some like pedo monster in her brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, anywho, is so, that what Gaia means by separation ritual? I think is, she wants to take the flame out. Is that what I she? I didn't wants? think it was taking the flame out. I thought it was like sort of walling off things, but they could have made that a bit more clear yeah, because the separation clear. ritual they started chanting as opposed to just like saying the thing to separate them. Yeah, there was a phrase that you would say for the flame to come out. Um, yeah. We learned that fl- that phrase in season three. But um, remember when um, in season five, when Maddie first got the flame and she like was passed out because it just went in um, and Clark wanted to remove it. And Guy was like, no, you can't because it hasn't, you know, it's not. I don't know. What, I don't remember what she says, but like it wasn't connected yet um, and it could damage her. So I don't know if she still means that, but she has to do the meditation and really separate from the flame before they can take it, the actually take it out. 
Yeah, it wasn't so clear. So maybe that's still what they mean, and we just... But, like, I agree that, like, it's it's very unclear what they actually mean. And I, I feel like this is something we will find out what they mean um, mm. in, an ep- in, I don't know, how many episodes. So I guess we'll... Yeah, we'll she said it a bunch of times, so I feel like she's going to do it at some point. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it seems like they want us to remember that. It's like, separation ritual, remember this. It's a thing. Suppression ritual. I'm gonna say for the fifth time. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Cool. So I guess we should get to the rest of Earth crew. Um, And so let's start off with uh, Murphy and Josephine and their little conspiring. And I think there's something we had to talk about here. So Shaquem, do you want to lead it off? Oh, okay. Um, So I mean, I wanted to talk about personal identity uh i wanted us to talk about personal identity um because i mean we can do this in any episode this season i mean ever since it was revealed what the deal with the chips on sanctum is um this has been the issue right so like delilah goes in priya comes out uh you know clark goes in josephine comes out and um so this is all issues of personal identity and it seems like the the assumption that the show is making, and it seems like viewers, uh, every viewer that I know is okay with this assumption, is that uh, the person who comes out is not the person who went in. That the person who went in died. Right. So mm-hmm. Clark died, and this is now Josephine. It's a different person. Um, so that presupposes a certain view of personal identity. Um, First, I want to get something out of the way, which is kind of just like making this complicated. Um, so, <laughs> the the one another premise of the show is that the chip, at least the chip that they have on Sanctum, uh, whatever is recorded on that is in fact the person's mind. Um, so that's being presupposed, and when it's downloaded back into the brain, we're assuming that this is their mind. So, like by virtue of it becoming a computer code. It's not being, um, it's not changing its essence or, you know, its, its identity, right? So, okay, so I want to take that for granted from this point on that we're assuming that the thing that's on the chip is your mind, okay? No questions about whether it's contaminated or whether it's because it's digitized, it's not you, or because it's silicon, it's not carbon, whatever, right? So, how does it in- incorporate things like ADHD? Hand wave all the schmants. <laughs> yeah, let's just assume that it's really the it's really your mind. Okay, now, um, to, just to make it simpler, so what happens is literally someone's mind is taken from their brain and is downloaded into someone else's brain. So just remove the chip part from it. Just like imagine you could take someone's mind, put it in someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, and so the the show is assuming that that new... So if you take the mind of person A uh, out of their brain and they, and put it in person B's brain, um, then the then person B will be person A from now on, right? So mm-hmm. that's what the show is assuming. And, and that's called the psychological continuity view of personal identity. So the idea is that um, you is really your mind. And so... In order for some entity to be you, they would just have to have your mind. And um, so if you could 
transfer someone's mind into another body, then that new person would be you. Um, and But then notice that it would also imply, the psychological continuity view would also imply that um, if someone loses their mind, like someone has severe dementia or some other uh, brain disease or mental illness or something, and they uh, lose most of their mind, um, then that person is not that person anymore. And, and this obviously contradicts how we feel about this when, you know, we obviously take care of our loved ones if they get dementia or whatever else. Or our um, vegetables. And they, they lose their mind. We, we still think it's that person. It's still, uh, you know, whatever, um, John or uh, Jane. <laughs> and so, um, right. So that it seems that seems to be inconsistent with the psychological continuity view. Here's another problem with the psychological continuity. <laughs> view. Um, so what if, um, what if someone copied your brain? There's no reason that it has to be cut. It can be copied. I mean, we talked about this, right? Like one, the mind can only be in one place at a time. It doesn't have to be that way, right? They could just copy I your I think your that mind. way is bullshit. So, of course, <laughs> you can copy as many times as you want and make your whole, own little but, army where you right. want to get the, along with your best friends because that's the what moment. Do. The moment that you copy, the moment you paste, yeah. they're divergent. Yeah, of course. It's like you made yourself an identical twin. Right. But then so the question is if you – let's say you took Josephine's uh, – or, or Clark's mind and put it into two bodies um, – which one is Clark? I would say neither of them are Clark at that point. I would say both of them are Clark, but then they become someone else over time, each individual. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the moment that you press play, neither of them are Clark anymore. Because they are a different... They, they are Clark, you know, Clark 1 and Clark 2 as opposed to Clark 0. But I do think that you could pass Clark 0 into... Clark like you could you could directly copy Clark to Clark but the moment that you copy Clark to Clark to Clark um then you have two Clarks and so they can never be the same as the original mm -hmm. does that make sense okay yeah but both of these answers uh, have problems I mean I think <laughs> they're they're actually I think incoherent so let's start with Bob's Bob's response <laughs> well so, obviously yeah they're logically incoherent because so if you say that um if I put take Clark's mind and put it in person A and person B's body, um, mm -hmm. if you well, I'm say saying that, cloning at the point of that moment, right? But if you say that person A at that moment, the, the divergence starts if you start running it. But forget forget what happens forward in time. So if we if we are permanently paused at that moment that you copied them, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you say that both person A. If you say that person A is Clark and person B is Clark, this is yeah. is is of identity. It's not mm -hmm. is of predication, right? So this is is of identity, which then means that person A is person B. Um, but of course that's not true because you know identity is transitive. So if person A equals Clark and person B equals Clark, and we know that Clark equals Clark, so that means person A equals person B. Um, but, of course, that's not the case. So, you can't really say that they're both Clark. Um, Why not? Because of what I just said. That didn't... 
that did not compute as something that could not be possible. It's incoherent because person B does not person A does not equal person B. Do you agree with Why? that? They're not the same person. They're two different people. They can be similar. You're saying that they're the signals that were copied in their brains are similar to each other. Of course. I mean, similar so to the point that, of... you're saying that the moment two exists because they do not overlap in the exact same atomic quantum space, because that is impossible. By that very definition, there are two of them. Yeah. That's okay. just what it now means what? to have two things. Is <laughs> to have... Right? Like, if they're... Oh, my God. If Wait, they're one and the same... What's the word? Pedantic. That's the one. <laughs> if they're one and the same, surely one thing they must share is their spa spatial location. If it's the, if you're saying that Superman is Clark Kent, right? Is that what his name was? Um, yes. Or Supergirl being Kara Danvers, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, not yeah. to be not to be gendered about it. Yeah. But, you know. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Tara. What? Kara Kara Danvers. Cara not to be confused with Carol Danvers, who is um shit uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel. It's all very confusing with the DC <laughs> yeah. Marvel thing, like Carol Danvers and Kara Danvers, but they're from two different anyway. So I'm just going to anyway. say Kara. So if you say yeah. that Supergirl is Kara, and we know uh -huh. it's, it refers to the specific Kara that we know, um, then the, surely whenever Superman, uh, Supergirl is in um, location X, then uh, Kara is in location X. <laughs> yeah, so so one answer was they're both going to be Josephine. Uh-huh. Which I said can't logically is impossible because they're two different objects, they can't be identical. Now, your answer is that neither one is, right? Um and but you also can't if you say that neither one is Clark, then I would expect you to also say that if we uh, what they just did with Josephine putting her mind into Clark's body then you should also say that that's also not Josephine. Be because it's odd that if, if I do, so if I do the same procedure that they just did with Josephine, right? Take Josephine's mind, put it in Clark's body. They did that very same procedure, but they also took a copy and did a separate procedure of putting that mind into another body, into Amori's body. Um, you're then saying, if you say that in, if they just do the first procedure, then Clark becomes Josephine. That, that person is now identical to Josephine. But if they do both procedures, somehow that nullifies both of them. I mean, why would me doing a separate procedure, um, make it so that this is not the same person? I mean, if it's, if making me doing the first procedure makes transfers the identity of that person, then Doing a separate one can't really nullify that. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, what if I did? What if I did both and then killed off Emory right away? Would that then still? Would Clark then still be Josephine? But if I let Emory live, then then Clark is not Josephine. That that's a little weird. So it's not maybe logically inconsistent, but it's uh, I would ha it's weird. Like what's the what's the motivation for saying that? If they just make one copy, then it is the same person. But if they make more than one, then none of them are the same person. Even though it's, it's the very same copies, the first copy is still there. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm done. I think it's just a matter of, like, if you only transfer the person once, 
then it's easy to just say, like, that's Josephine. You have one instance of that, pat like, mental pattern in a person. When you make another copy, you have two people who have been treated with similar brain patterns. And so there's two of them. Mm -hmm. One of them is the same person that was in the first scenario, right? So if that one was Clark in the first, if that one was Josephine in the first scenario, then it should also be Josephine in the second scenario. But, but we don't know that. We don't know which one will have like, let's say that, let's say that there's a step three, like that, that let's say we have original Clark and she's given a choice A or B and she chooses whichever one that is. And then you act, you know, like we, we know, we've, we've jumped into the future and we know hypothetically what, what choice she would have made, but we don't actually give her that choice to make. Right. Like we're just saying that we could mm -hmm. see into the future. If Clark got to make that choice, she would choose a or B. Uh -huh. Now you split Clark and you put Clark into, um, Amori and you put her into echo. I don't give a shit, whatever you put yeah. Clark into two different <laughs> bodies and you give them that like a or B choice. First of all, I'm saying that the moment you split them and start the clock again, they are two different Clarks because at that point there are like two paths that Clark could have gone down. Does that make sense? To choose your own adventure. Yeah. It's a choose Regardless your own adventure. Regardless of path, there are two different options. There are two different obviously. Clarks. They're not there are two the different options. Yeah. And so but they have the same OS. Point, but they encounter the same different OS. bugs. <laughs> but we yeah. don't, we would never have known because we can't see into the future what. I see what you're saying. So that's interesting. Sort of like which, which Clark would have A or B chosen. Like presumably, you know, maybe neither of them would have chosen what original Clark would have chosen. Maybe only one of them right. would. And so, you know, that is possibly the more likely scenario of being the original Clark. But again, like the moment you split them, it changes everything. But does it really? Because if you just make <laughs> one copy, it's that one copy may not do what Clark would have done in the future. I mean, but we don't know that. We don't know that. But by your criterion, so it's interesting. Your criterion on personal identity includes a counterfactual, like a hypothetical, like what would have this person have done if this, if this other thing that we want to identify with them, if they do the same thing, then they're identical. Otherwise, they're not. But, Which implies but at the same time, we don't know whether or not the variable of simply by nature of moving them into a new body somehow changed the sort of like trajectory yeah. that Clark was on. And I mean, so I think I it most likely would, but either, either way, um, we can't tell um, because it's a counterfactual. And so, um, so by your criterion, we can really never know like when we that we really have no reason to say that that's Josephine. No, but um, like I think I think that I think by your standard we can't say that it's Josephine, but I think by sort of the general consensus of things we can say that it's Josephine. No, I'm saying by your standard, by your criterion that you just defined, which is it's only Josephine if it does the same things that Josephine would have done had her mind stayed in her body. Right? Yes, but at the same time, I'm also willing to sort of be a little bit more forgiving in in assigning who who is Josephine or not. I'm willing to say, cool, we have this one copy of her. I'm willing to give it as much of the benefit of the doubt. She is 90% Josephine, so we're going to say that she passes as Josephine. Yeah. Because it, there's no way that we could have known anything else. And really, you're talking about a framework. And yes, it's Josephine. She's the base software. But in terms of like who she is, what she'll do, et cetera, et cetera, that's all dependent on um, what's come into play. 
within the span of her whatever. Right. So you're making an argument that most likely uh, it would not do the same things as Josephine. Right? I'm saying that it it might, it might not, depending. It may or may not, right? On experience. And, yeah, Epigenetics. and so, so yeah, so by Joe's standard, then um, we wouldn't be able to tell if if it's Josephine or not. I think you're trying to assign something mathematical and factual to something that is highly subjective. Well, so yeah, so you could, then you're taking the fourth route, which is there is no such thing as personal identity. It's just a wishy-washy concept anyway. Um, and, you know, what Bob's is saying is describing at the physical level what's happening. And of course, that's not in dispute. No one is, no one is confused about what's happening in this scenario physically. Then why are there other parameters? <laughs> The question is, which one is the same person? You can, of course, say none of them. There is no such thing as the, them being the same person. It, that's just a made-up concept anyway. That's the fourth option that I mentioned. It's deflationary. Um, but then that would mean that you don't think that you are the same person as yesterday. Um, yeah. And it, it would be hard to hold anyone accountable for anything that they did because um, you, you don't think that when you wake up in the morning that you're the same person as yesterday. Well, yesterday I put my hand on the hot stove, not realizing that's what it does. Now I learned. Fun fact, I totally <laughs> am like dealing with a burn mark on my wrist that looks like dripping, like like liquid dripping down my wrist. And because it was hot oil that was dripping down my wrist. <laughs> that happened a couple days ago. Ouch. Good job, me. Yeah, it really hurt. It's probably one of the burst, uh, worst burn scars I've gotten from oh, cooking. Oh, no. Good job, me. It was delicious. Mm, <laughs> the the food, not the burn. I didn't oh, like it. Well, I thought both could be. <laughs> the dark year. <laughs> the dark year. God damn it, Marcus Kane. Yeah. Um, we can, can move we, on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think this was like a thirty minute. I hope we answered your into, or didn't. <laughs> um. No, I mean, I think you guys misunderstand what I'm doing. I'm not like here trying to get a specific answer from you guys uh-huh i'm a i'm explaining you all th the theory of personal identity um yeah and i was just pointing out the logical inconsistencies in the answers which is what exactly happens when you start talking about personal identity that's why it's such a difficult topic because our intuitions clash and you have intuitions that are inconsistent with each other and and all of that and so um it all just goes to show that it's not such a simple matter that this is Josephine, um, the person that they're calling Josephine. Um, so, hmm. but at the same time, I mean, personal identity is so ingrained in our daily life and in our social life and is in the fabric of society um, that it's hard to say that it's not a thing and still continue to live. So you can't just dismiss it and be like, oh, it's not a thing. It's not that easy, I think. But um, yeah, so when we talk about it, it gets really complicated. Got it. TLDR shit's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> now what, Bubs? Okay, cool. So um, let's talk about Raven's interlude with um, Riker. I don't think we have too much to say about that. I think I said my little point that was... Um, does the host bleed through? Um, when we were talking about Riker's, he talked about his, um, one of his hosts created that little invention thing. Um, and so we know that Riker is this, like, engineer mechanic guy, like Raven. 
Um, and so does he pull that stuff from his hosts too? Like, is he better because of the hosts he said? Uh, so that was my question about it, which I think we've already kind of covered. Um, and so what do you, do you guys have anything to add about like the Raven? Not of it all. I mean, not really. Like Raven's kind of on my last nerve right now, which is really disappointing. Um, <laughs> the fact what? that she was she like, complains a lot? Well, the fact that she was like, I've never done anything that I regret. And I was like, um, gestures vaguely at everything at the end of season one, killing a bunch of grounders. Oh, torturing I mean, that's fine. Lincoln? That's torturing. You know, like, that's fine if you don't regret it. But like, I guess, I guess you struck me as someone who would have regretted it. Or you're just conveniently yeah. forgetting all that shit you did. Like, I, it didn't track for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a note about this, too, because, like, I mean, the the exact conversation was Josephine said, pretending to be Clark, said, um, we've all done things we're not proud of to survive. And Raven said, I haven't. So that means she hasn't done anything that she is not proud of in order to survive. Or she's now, forgetting the she fact helped, that she killed a bunch like of people. Like you said. <laughs> She helped burn, like, without her, the Grounders wouldn't burn at the end of mm-hmm. season one. Without her, Mount Weather wouldn't have happened. And um, she made those she little, was... um, the flares that killed that Grounder village. Yep. Yeah. And and she blew up the bridge, right? It, yep. The bridge with the Grounders. That killed a bunch of Grounders, right? Yep. Um, yep. No different than the shit that Clark and everyone else did. <laughs> Right? Like, and, so yeah. exactly. So it's either you don't regret that, in which case, get off your fucking high horse about everyone else doing it, or you do regret it and get off your fucking high horse because everyone also regrets it. Like, holy shit. You are smarter than this, Raven. That's all I have on Raven. Yeah. 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 Also on Riker. So I don't get it. Like, this guy is, like, a little too self-righteous for someone who presumably murdered a bunch of people like nine he yeah and so like name Hallowby. <laughs> so the thing is like their uh, their argument the sanctum the primes argument for the, why they're innocent looks pretty thin <laughs> being um, like well we convinced them it was necessary and you're like yeah oh, that's not great that doesn't actually help your case that actually puts a mark in the more evil <laughs> side of the scale like unless it makes it better or worse kill them like yeah. i mean that's the, like that's mm, yeah that. i mean the th- we talked about this last time it's like as long as there's so much deception involved and superstition and like you're like brainwashed i mean the fucking they have like fucking north korean loudspeakers all over town that are just constantly programming people like you can't live your yeah. life without this shit talking to your ear and so, and then they're like, oh, yeah, they do it voluntarily. That's not voluntarily. Like, you completely shape That's a brainwash. psychology. Yeah, so. So, that's, yeah, that's I mean. That's some fucked up shit. It's, it's, it sounds like a very thin argument. And, and here's the thing. Whether or not it's murder is separate from whether or not it's wrong. Right? So, even yeah. let's say, okay, it's not murder, whatever, because they consented to it. Let's, just, let's say that's your criterion. But it's still wrong. Like you still, you did as a shitty thing. You you lied to someone. You're still an asshole. You lied to someone so that they sacrifice themselves, even if that's a murder. Yeah. So whatever you want to call it, it's a horrible thing that you did. So I don't know what the Riker is so self righteous that I feel like maybe there is more to it that we don't know. 
And maybe, I would love that if that were the case. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe the Sanctum people's lives really do depend on the Primes somehow. Like if the Primes I die, mean, somehow they all die. Or I don't know. I'm not holding my breath on, yeah. on them actually being legitimate saviors. But if we do find out, great. That'll be interesting. But yeah, to your point. Yeah, I mean, even if you didn't, even if we're saying that it's not murder, it's still not good. Yeah. And yeah. in, in Russell and Simone, you know, body snatching Clark. Tell me how that was a good decision, guys. How are you feeling now? <laughs> so yeah. if, if really the people of Sanctum needed the primes to survive, I've based on what I've seen of that, I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, well, the fact that like they're like, wow, these people, all they know is violence. Let's take out their let's call Clark the leader. Let's 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 kill their leader. How will they react? It's like, um, there's a whole ship of angry prisoners yeah. up there these are the like, best of their people <laughs> yeah this is this was you did not think this through and at that point i'm just kind of like i don't know like sort of the mentality of thinking that you deserve to like be an immortal piece of shit is like such a piece of shit way of thinking <laughs> seriously i don't, I don't know and the anyway, thing about all, like we yeah. we had a chance to bring our daughter back it's like, your daughter has already lived 200 years. And she's a shit person. Yeah, she's kind of This awful. person's lived 20 years so far. Who who should get to live more? Well, there there's your partialism, <laughs> Shaheen. There's there's your... your and it's not like, oh, my daughter like went in her prime. She was taken no. to us too soon. No, you killed her, and then you brought her back three billion times. Yeah, Seriously. she lived two hundred fucking years and just became Ugh. more of an asshole over time. So. Yeah, right. Like you didn't even bring back a good one. Like she's, she's she was eugenics. delightful in episode two. She is eugenics Josephine. Yeah. Like that's that's her full title. Hallowed be thy name. <laughs> but like also yeah. they have like they can wipe the chips, as we've learned. Um if they had a shit kid, why don't they just have a new kid and put the the, the blank chip in them and just, you know, have a better kid. You know, we don't always like end up with first pancake. The first pancake, as my parents call me. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> so like I mean, Joe, you're an only child, but like your kid, your parents got it right the first time. Uh, I mean, sort of. Did first yeah. Time. Let's just add that little qualification on that. Um, but Asterix. I thought it was interesting that Riker is the ninth of his name, and it seems like everyone else is seven. So based on like they they have a a time. Like why did thing? he get to come back more? Yeah, like did he just. Die or did he try quickly? to kill himself, maybe? Like, maybe at the beginning he really didn't want to be brought back? Yeah, maybe he got in the queue faster because he died younger. Or my other thing was, because he's the mechanic engineer person, maybe he was just more useful, so he got to skip the line a few times in, you know, in times of need. Um, but I thought that that was, like, a, an interesting little tidbit, and I don't know if we'll get to understand why he's been reincarnated more times than the other ones. But, yeah, mm. I thought that stood out. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it depends on when they die, when the, that body dies, and so it could be a lot of like coincidences that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Should we break? Because I really have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, okay. and then we'll come back and wrap it the fuck up. Yeah. So, um, so then now we have Murphy who is teaching Josephine how to be Clark. Um. Uh-huh. I actually really loved that scene. I don't know how you guys felt about it. No, I liked it. I like Murphy and Clark, like, their interactions. I think that they play really, I think that Richard and Eliza play off really well together. And, yeah. yeah. I agree. 
It's really good. And it almost like they have more chemistry when Clark is Josephine. And I feel like that's like such a testament to her acting that like their dynamic is different enough that it's like electric, you know? I feel like Josephine has really good chemistry with everyone. Right, yeah. Like I, I know that that's terrible to say where I'm like, well. Well, they really shut Clark down in a lot of ways. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's surprising. And like Josephine's like very like, hey. She's out there. She's <laughs> out there. She's she's ready to fuck shit up <laughs> and like not feel bad about it, you know? Yeah, she's no qualms. Like cuz Clark feels bad about everything that she's done and Josephine's like, "Fuck yeah, eugenics." <laughs> it's funny cuz it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um I thought that was hilarious and I thought I love their like little lightning round. Um I actually made a Jeopardy board, but I just don't think anyone's going to guess it right. What fuck what? So, Jeopardy board? What? If you look at my notes, do you have them open? Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm scrolling up where oh, okay. I so see this. yeah, I see this. May we against Jeopardy round with your host John Murphy in the categories uh-huh. Abbeyisms. Um and we have for a hundred points, um, knocks Abby off her high horse. Two hundred <laughs> points, Abby's shame. For mm-hmm. three hundred points, Abby's inspiration. And for final Jeopardy, Abby's kill shot. <laughs> Would you guys like to try to play? Sure. Okay, cool. So um ladies first, Shaheen. um uh i do not know how to play jeopardy sorry i did not grow up in america um oh you you do not get to play the foreigner card you just get a you pick one and then when you answer it if you know the answer you say what is then the answer you just have to phrase your answer in the form of a question that's it joe go first Uh okay um i'm gonna go easy uh for 100 points cool so uh 100 points. Knocks Abby off her high horse. What might that be? What is the dark year? Yes. Yeah. 100 points. You still have the board. <laughs> um, Let's go 200. Okay. Oh, it's actually, pour one out. I'm really, you know, I mean, he's not dead yet, but Alex Trebek. Oh, yeah. Don't, this is like, this cancer. is an homage to Alex An Trebek. homage. <laughs> so Abby's shame for 200 points. Um, That's easy. Shaheen, yeah, you can answer. <laughs> this is yeah, open to anybody. Oh, I can? Oh, yeah, just, uh, beep. just beep it in. Oh, beep. Uh, uh, what Shaheen. Is, <laughs> what is uh, Abby's pill addiction? Correct. <laughs> it's 200 points, Shaheen. You're now in the lead. The board is yours. Um, okay, I'll take uh, Final Jeopardy. Oh, shit. Um, oh, I don't think you, wh- you can't do that. You ha- you just get the daily double. <laughs> you have to do 300 points now. Oh, okay. Right? 300 points. Beep, beep. Um, daily double. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Abby's inspiration. And how much would you like to wager? Oh, what is that? So you have oh 200 points. So you can wager zero to 200 points as much as you have, basically. You can double your points or you can lose them because if you get this wrong. Um, I will wager 200 points. Okay, cool. So Abby's inspiration. Um, what is Abby, um, or Abby's inspiration? Um, what is the story with Clark and Mount Weather, Clark in the City of Light, Clark staying behind so that you guys can survive? <laughs> So Correct. all of them. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so we have, uh, Joe, you have 100 points. Shaheen, yeah. you have 400 points. Now we're in Ooh. Final Jeopardy. No, Shaheen has Beep. more than 400, right? No, he doubled his. Oh, right. Wait. 
Oh, I did that wrong. Damn it. Whatever. Eh. Shaheen's winning. Shaheen's winning. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. Uh, final Jeopardy. Beep. Addie's kill shot. Does and this, both of you get to guess what it is. How does this work? I don't I guess know. It's not in, in In the thingy, write down your answer at the write same time. So write it down, but don't okay. hit enter yet. In the little send message uh, thing. This on. is view only. I can't edit it. <laughs> That's fine. I'll read them out loud. So write your message in the TriCast. Um, thing, but don't hit oh, enter, okay. and let me know when you're ready. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to keep humming. I feel like that's gonna be annoying. Oh <laughs> my, are you writing a goddamn novel? I'm ready. Okay. Hit enter. Yes! So Shaheen says, what is a story about daddy executed for treason, turned in by mom herself? And Joe says, what is turning in Jake? Those are both correct answers. Full points. Shaheen Yay. still wins because he got the daily double. Um, congratulations, guys. <laughs> so I How much did I get? You got, oh, we didn't wager. Uh, you have a million dollars. <laughs> congratulations oh, awesome. you can buy a small that yacht easy. <laughs> easiest one million dollars i've ever made what a philosophy i, I mean that's that i suppose the point. other millions <laughs> <laughs> yeah the millions i was making off of philosophy you know exactly yeah right, so wait so what are we talking if about? only you can make a million dollars from watching a television show um Just saying. yeah so i guess i really liked the scene because like like we said their dynamic is so good and um I also like it because I think deep down, um, having to quiz Josephine and all of Clark's um, accolades is, like, gonna sink into Murphy. I think it did a little bit when um, when Josephine is, like, um, she's saying, like, oh, and Clark stayed behind um, so that you guys could go to space and survive. She's like, yeah, she's kind of awesome. And, like, Murphy's like, mm, unless you got in her way. But I think that he actually was kind of like, fuck, like, Clark did a lot. Like, yeah, you know, like when you really think about it, Clark did a lot, and you guys have been shitting on her for a while. Yeah, and who is alive? You are. Yeah, why? Because of Clark. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah, stopping little Sorry. bitches. <laughs> Sandy, so Sandy. Sandy. Um. All right, that's all I've got. Yeah, um, me too for that part. Um, I thought that oh. Another thing was Josephine talking about, you know, she she's made this deal with Murphy. And so huh. this deal entails um, she will take two of the, the drives and um, wipe them, I, uh, assuming one for uh, Murphy Amori, and one for Amori. Which I feel like is rather presumptuous of Murphy. Um, because I do, like, Amori is for sure a survivalist. Yeah. But she's, I don't think, I don't think that she would choose immortality at the expense of someone else's body yeah and i think that murphy maybe knows that but he hasn't he hasn't figured out how to manipulate her yet to like agree you know Mm. and i think that that's going to be actually like maybe the pinnacle of murphy's arc will be confronting amori and having to face off with her about this maybe um so yeah, but I thought it was weird that like Josephine referred to them as her friends, because I'm like clearly, clearly, um, shit has happened between you guys. Like you've killed each other. Would you really consider these people your friends, or 
and and I kind of like I don't like that the show kind of doesn't really know what friends means. Uh, it seems like this is like <laughs> another acquaintances. Uh, yeah, another example. Or no, of no, it's like it's like when you say when when your parents ask you about your friends from school and you're like, oh, you mean the people who torture me every day? Sure, <laughs> let's talk about those friends. <laughs> oh no, it's so true because my mom used to be like, tell me again about so and so, and I'm like. Huh. The girl who did, and she's like, oh, but yeah, her mom's so nice. I'm like, excuse you. No, I have self-respect. <laughs> um, so no. Karen might be your friend, mom, but her daughter, Brittany, is a bitch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that's a great comparison. Um, so I thought that stood out to me being like, well, I think maybe you could call them like family at this point because you've known them for 200 fucking years and you're stuck with them like family. And so I thought that that would have been like a better thing or just seeing like the other primes but yeah friends interesting <laughs> hmm. um and then yeah i think that's most of my thoughts on on that specific conversation oh and Do you have any and, and the last thing was like um the hero they're like the heroes in their own stories when she calls them like the angels did you guys have thoughts on that uh no i mean just josephine being crazy yeah <laughs> yeah egomaniacal egomaniacal yeah. that's the word she's not great she's not great um cool so um, then the rest of the team or do you have more to add shaheen um no i not about that specific scene but um i maybe i can just say this here like josephine when she went to abby's she played all of those lightning round cards oh like, yeah like every single one of them. <laughs> i was like well played it was like she did a good job. <laughs> well, on the one hand, it was well played. On the other, she has now played all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that way to, way to blow your load on that one. It's and also, so like, the way that they framed Abby's face, like, I kind of think that Abby knew or knows or doesn't trust. Like, she was definitely like, There's huh. a bit of suspicion in Abby. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, uh, to be fair, she didn't use the Mount Weather stuff. Uh, the I mean, inspiration that- stuff, I think she didn't use those. no that was really good though it was just kind of like watching like you saw all the instruments like like practice separately and then you saw the orchestra come together (laughs) was like (laughs) josephine pulling all this yeah it was it was cool to watch but like abby yeah abby when when josephine's like yeah and then all the primes could be awakened up at the same time and and like that would be like the best How thing awesome that's ever that happened <laughs> and abby's like uh, you don't sound like clark. i'm not particularly excited about that like yeah and then clark's and then kane and he can be a diplomat and make peace and i'm like <laughs> has are have either of you been watching like this is one of those times when as an audience member you're like have any of you been watching your own show yeah <laughs> yeah so non-sarcastic question uh-huh when did Kane negotiate peace in Polis? He non-sarcastic answer. Fucking never. No, he went up to <laughs> Taurus. Was that ever a thing? I think <laughs> he was gonna try. He tried. Yeah. I know he tried a lot, but like he didn't. Because Clark was, I guess, uh, Josephine being Clark sounded like was like citing this track record of like, see, he did that. He pulled that off. I was like, no, I don't remember him ever pulling it off. Like, yeah. Am I just not remembering? I don't know. No, because, yeah, you're right. Because in season three, when Kane goes to Polis to negotiate, 
Clark becomes the ambassador. Clark negotiates, you know? She's the go-to person. But Kane went. He was mm. supposed to be the ambassador. He tried to be. He tried to be. And he was ineffective. Big surprise. Um, yeah, well, and the fact that, like, what? Grounders are going to, like, go with some rando bearded dude or Juan Hedda. Like, yeah. sit your ass down, Kane. Seriously. <laughs> and then we have season four, where, again, he stayed in Polis oh to play that role. And, yeah. um, you know, he talked to Rome like he tried. He really tried. But in the end, but who, who did actually all the work? did it? It was Octavia. Clark. Well, Octa- in Octavia. Um, yeah, and Octavia. Bo- both of them. Like, Octavia stayed in Polis, uh, formed a relationship with Rome, uh, and became kind of his hit woman. And, yeah. And then Clark <laughs> yeah. did the rest Dude. of the work. So, I, I don't know. What, I'm not really sure what So, so this is, this is the, the peak, the peak moment of mediocre white guy just failing up. Getting applause for nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. He's Big like, surprise. He taking the credit for teenage girls, oh, honestly. Have you no shame, Marcus Kane? <laughs> to be fair, I, uh, I don't necessarily think the fact that Kane failed and these negotiations means that like um he did a terrible job because like grounders are non-negotiable also not super easy to negotiate yeah. with bunch so, of dicks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they respect power a lot more than reason so right and uh, kane is yeah. beta as fuck like it yeah. was never going to work <laughs> yeah it's a little bit <laughs> of a just chump. Using reason yeah, yeah. oh my god he's totally a chump which is why I hated season 5 Bellamy because he was basically Kane he was ineffective just whiny um, and it was just like watching Kane all over again in those seasons and I was just like god this sucks <laughs> um, so yeah I, I have stuff to say about Bellamy we'll get to that um, yeah. I have to okay cool so are we Maybe done with Abby do you guys have more to say no that's it great so let's get to the the table scene so going from um, the Josie Murphy scene then we have like the the triumvirate of uh, mermaid waves come in mm-hmm. and so um, yeah so Echo comes in and she's like family meeting and um, she sounded exa- <laughs> exactly like that it was very annoying and I just like I think that there's people warming up to Echo, and if that's where you get, like, I think that that's great. Um, for me personally, I'm just like, seriously, like, uh, like it's just they really are tryhards when it comes to Echo, and like, she's the one who has to be nice to Clark when everyone's an asshole, and she's the one who's sitting down with Clark, going like, family meeting. Um, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> it's again, like, it's not, it, it's not accomplishing the thing that it should be, unfortunately. Um, but so then we have everyone go their separate ways, but any other thoughts on that? Um, not really, no. Like, th- there's, it was just moving, moving plot ahead. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Shaheen? Um, yeah, no, it's, no. I don't have. I don't have anything about that. Okay, cool. So then let's go, um, in that vein, um, let's talk about, um, Echo's... Smashing inside side dude's trip. head with a rock? <laughs> yeah. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean... Or just, like, so her, her whole little side journey. I mean, it was, it was totally the whole thing of, like, you know, showing her, her, uh, you know, warrior mentality and, you know, she's willing to end the suffering. But then I kind of have to wonder, okay, so they punish their guards who fail by making them 
be eaten alive by a plant. Like, and yet, and yet again, Earth crew is, are the savages, you know, <laughs> like, and they're the violent fucked up ones. We, we brainwash people into thinking that we're gods. We then body snatch them. And then when people fail, um, oh, also don't forget our caste system where, you know, we actually have a word for people who don't carry the nightblood gene at all, which is nulls, just, you know, no offense. Um, <laughs> You know, and then, and then, you know, when people fail us, we fucking torture them over what I'm guessing is many, many, many hours. Like, sit your ass down, Russell. Yeah. We lead them to believe that the only choice they actually have about their lives is ending it by tree murder. Like, what? <laughs> and is this the what? offering graph? Are we to believe? I don't know. Is this the offering graph? I think graph? it, like, the no, way I they talked so. about it, I think it is, though, because the way they talked about it, like, um, it was almost like this person was doing a service to all of them. And that, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. If this is supposed to mean more, or if this is just, like, a they've led their society to be this kind of, you know, honor suicide was is, like, a big thing in, like, Japanese culture. Right. Right? So is this, um, is that what we're seeing, this honor suicide? I that's how I read think, it. Yeah, yeah. like, like I, I fucked mean, she up. Said, Here's my life. Yeah, yeah. She said she made it sound like he did it voluntarily, like he was feeling guilty and. But then guilty. was like, I have regrets. Please kill me with that rock. This really. Yeah, hurts. I mean, in the moment you just want to die. I mean, that looked really painful. Um, yeah. The thing is, so I don't disagree with anything that you said about like Russell and the primes being assholes mm-hmm. and like self-righteous assholes but i also i think they're like totally right about earth crew because they are kind of stupid like their first response to everything is when do we attack it's like dude chill the fuck out (laughs) that's not the answer to everything and so they are here's the thing when has it not been the answer for them (laughs) well i know but that's what they're saying right they're like this is what these people know like as soon as you cut bellamy loose the first thing he's gonna do is murder someone that's all they understand. But he only like it's really looking murder. that way. Like, it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like, yeah, yeah. that was just an example of like, cause cause you guys were talking about how like the they do all this horrible stuff, like they let people be eaten by trees and stuff, and then they say Earth Crew are violent, and I agree that like that's hip hypocrisy but i also think they're right about earth crew like they well, are kind of dumb <laughs> it's in response that like they did something to earth crew first like you can't discount the fact that they threw the first punch um sure but like they killed one of your people um painlessly is not a reason to like wipe them out and like it's not a re- good reason for genocide and like so yeah we'll talk about that when we get to bellamy yeah cool <laughs> um so, did you guys have any other thoughts in terms of, like, Echo's thingy? Um, no. I, you know, kill some dude with a rock. Like, I, I approve, Echo. Thank you for doing that. That was a nice deed. You did a, you did your good deed for the day. You did your... <laughs> um, my Slowly thing was, being redeemed. <laughs> my thing, though, is that um, I hate how much of, like, other characters' background stories they're repurposing and giving to Echo. So. This has happened a few times this season, but the latest one now is a big part of, like, 
um, Clark and Bellamy in season one was that scene where they mercy kill Adam. And um, it had the same setup in terms of this scene with Echo where a scream is heard. And so they they respond to the sound and then they find somebody who is beyond helping, basically. And so um, it's based, the scene is basically to like show what you're made of. Um, and so in season one, it was meant to show that like Bellamy was not the callous asshole people thought because he was having a really hard time killing Adam, despite that being the right thing to do because he was suffering. And so then Clark showed that she could make that decision, um, if it was necessary. So it was like a really great moment that it, it served both of those characters to tell you more about them. So now we have Echo, who's been a character since season two. And so now we're finally getting a moment, I guess, but it's basically a, a copy of the mo- a moment that Bellamy and Clark had. And so I guess good job, Echo, on your rock smashing. You're <laughs> such a great character. Congratulations. Yeah, but see, but Clark slit some dude's throat and Echo hit him with a rock. It's very, very different. Is it? Clark shoved <laughs> it into his ear. No, his, his, his no, carotid. no, his carotid. His carotid. She didn't like kill him through the ear. Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, no, she did kill. Who killed? Was that Octavia? Octavia killed that. Um, yes, killed Naya or someone. It was um, through the year. One of the ambassadors. Yeah, someone who was going to retaliate against Rome. Yeah. She. Um, yeah. I gotta yeah, say I though, this. Um, I was just gonna say, Echo's mercy killing was not nearly as impactful as the one. In season one with Clark. Yeah. No. To say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess like my beef with it is that we find out from the writers that 15 minutes of this episode were cut. And so the main thing that happened in this foray into the wilderness with Echo is that she finds out Clark was body snatched. And we spend, I don't know how, 10 minutes on this. And what, the second she gets back, Bellamy's like, you know, everyone else knows already. Bellamy's like, Clark's dead. So, it, like, the whole point of, like, going out in the wilderness with Echo. Oh, so they cut the part where she learned the body snatching happened? No, no, it happened. She she learned. She It was, okay. So after, um, so she knocked Jade out, right? Yeah. She apparently goes off to, like, catch up with the foragers, comes back um, when she realizes Bellamy's not with them, and then ties up Jade. And so um, she questions her because, like, Bellamy wasn't with them. Um, And then that's when she figures out that Clark isn't there because, you know, Jade goes, like, I have another charge, meaning she has another person she's protecting. And then um, what's the other stuff? And then I was like, why are you following me? Only my people knew that I left. And so of the people there, Clark was one of them. So, like, anyways, once... 10 pieces were in place. I was like, oh, it's not Clark. Um, and so she found out it's not Clark in that scene. Um, and then she leaves Jade in the tree and she might come back and get her. I don't think, I, I'm assuming she does because I think we see Jade in um, future promo shots. Um, but she left her for now. And so then she goes, but like, so she finds out Clark is dead immediately when she gets back. And so like, what was the point? <laughs> Just to she had show to she with the rock. Mercy killed her. It's just like I'm really tired of this character and the fact they have to spend so much time building up her story because they did such a shit job of it leading up to this. And 
there's 15 minutes that are on the on the on the ground on the cutting room floor that we will never see but good thing echo killed somebody with a rock and it was definitely not the same story that we already saw in season one anything else Nope, so I it. guess the dialogue between Shade Head and Maddie that was cut out was part of the 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's crazy that you'll have to send me the link for that. And maybe you can share that with other people because I yeah. that was not on the the, the script to screen. Um, and I, I went to the site, but That's I, interesting. I didn't see it. So if you can link like directly to it, that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, we can kind of like analyze those things. Um yeah, so then we, we're back with um, everybody. Oh, no, we'll go to, let's talk about Bellamy. Um, he's confronted by Josephine. Um, and Josephine is there to kill him. <laughs> um, but I thought that that was especially harrowing because, like, Bellamy's facing this person who he loathes on principle, right? Um, but, like, he's looking at someone he cares about so much. But... I mean, it kind of goes into Shaheen, your identity thing. Um, but, like, can you imagine, like, looking at someone that, like, you love a lot, but it's not that person, it's somebody else, and that person is dead? Yeah. <laughs> like... I kind of wish that was part of the promo when, when uh, Josephine's like, I'm not here to fight. And then we'd be like, oh, what is that? Clark and Bellamy. And it turns out it's not <laughs> <laughs> that would just be especially cruel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was, uh, I definitely noticed that. Um, that. That's so, that would have been so weird. Yeah. 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 And then um, I think I wrote down the script for that because so we were just talking about the script to screen. The script to screen. Um, oh, yeah. So this is the part from the script where it says, Bellamy stares, trying to hate her, but the truth of her words and the fact that they're coming from Clark's mouth diffuses his rage. So yeah, it's like super confusing to look at somebody who looks like somebody, but isn't. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to mention that because I just thought that that'd be like the worst thing ever. Like, imagine like, I'm like imagining like my parents, but they're not my parents. And they're, my parents are dead. and. Well, it's it's like when Hermione had to mind wipe her her parents to like keep them safe, oh, and like true. they won't the they don't remember her. They don't they look the same, and they like are people who are can talk and things, but they don't remember her. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're crying. <laughs> I know that that doesn't count as a, I'm trying to think of if there's a '90s movie reference that would uh, work in this because I did a bad job coming up with one oh. this time. Um, there's a movie. Oh shit! What's it called? Um, it's, so I don't know if you've seen it, maybe you'll know based on my synopsis, but like, uh -huh. so these kids wish their mom away. Um, and so. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead? No, no, but it was, it was like a similar vein. So there's three kids and, um, so they get three coins from like some leprechaun. I don't know. Someone gave them three coins. So they get to try out three moms. And so it was going through this process of trying out three moms that they realized how much they love their mom. And it was a really great movie. But is it called, is it Trading Mom? <gasps> yes! Yes! <laughs> I knew you would know it. <laughs> I haven't actually seen it, but Wikipedia. Okay. 
Sissy Spacek. Oh, wow. This cast. Yeah. Andre the Giant. It was really good. And they, at one point, they see their mom and they're like, Mom. And she's like, I'm sorry. I don't know who you guys are. That's terrifying. And it was, yeah, as a kid watching that, I was like, oh, oh my God. Also known as Mommy Market. I totally remember this movie cover. Yeah. Oh my God. I totally remember this. And it looks like every other fucking 90s movie cover because one kid has a sideways red baseball cap on. <laughs> Yeah, every goddamn nineties movie. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, I, I forgot my train of thought. All I, all my thoughts are treating mom. Um, yeah. So it was just really sad. And so then we have this moment where I've all I've struggled with Bellamy. Um, I, some people like this new Bellamy. I do not like this new Bellamy at all. I think he has no personality. Um, and he's Kane like. Um, so in this scene, I thought it was great. What's wrong with Kane? What? <laughs> eagle-eyed listeners would would be able to pick out that joke eagle-eared Do, can, can eagles hear whatever anyway continue sorry <laughs> it's okay cane sucks cane sucks um so bellamy when he first says like we don't need to build a new place we'll just kill them all and take their home <laughs> as terrible as that yeah. was i was like oh finally some kind of emotion <laughs> You know, because, like, people are so much more interesting when they have to, like, fight against their worst demons. Um, and so that's exactly what we got to see this in this episode for Bellamy is, like, his impulse. You know, finding out Clark died, like, he already lost her. Like, the cruelty of it. And he gets her back. And now she's dead again. And so um, him, like, kind of flashing back to himself, basically, um, was great. And, um, ultimately, uh, when he has the face-off where Josephine thinks that she can use him to her advantage, because she's also sort of fed up with her dad, um, and so she cuts his line. To use, to use Bellamy to murder, yeah. uh, Russell? Yeah, she just manipulates him, like, her, her little lapdog, and, um, Bellamy has that moment where he, like, what Josephine says, like, it, it, like, resonates with him, because he's like, no, I'm not this person, I'm not this person who only understands murder. I never have been. I, you know, and so he, it like, it makes him stop. And I thought that that was great. I don't know. Do you guys have thoughts? No, I, I liked it. I, I liked that that we got sort of rage Bellamy, but then also like, hold on, pump the brakes. Maybe let's stop and think about this for a second, Bellamy. Like we got to see sort of both both sides of his evolution, and at least we saw like something too, like that there was that he wasn't just kind of neutered and reacting. Yeah, and the thing is, my my like my issue with this whole thing is the second they started doing the head heart thing, they really oversimplified both Clark and Bellamy into yeah. these silos of head and heart. When that's not true at all, like, Clark uses his heart, her heart, obviously, you know? Everything she does is driven by her heart. It's just that the way that she accomplishes things are often with her head. And so for Bellamy, um, he's driven by his heart, and it's like, he does have to pull that back. He does have to use his head, and he always has. And so making it this, like, oversimplified head and heart thing is just, like, such a disservice to both both characters. And so to me, this is the most Bellamy thing ever, to have, like, the impulse and then to rein it back. Like, it's what he had to do in Mount Weather. It's what mm-hmm. he had to do in season one when he had all these kids to wrangle. Like, um, it was peak Bellamy. Peak Bellamy, yeah. It's, like, when he's functioning his best. Um, and so what we had last season was, like, half Bellamy. 
and it was not it was not successful both like as it a story and just bellamy being effective as as a character on the show so yeah fucking thank god cool what's next um yeah so that's i don't anyone else have thoughts on those scenes um so i did uh i was um it was interesting and i enjoyed hearing your arguments for why you liked bellamy this episode Mm -hmm. but he didn't make any sense to me and i (laughs) i guess i just think he should have never said the thing about let's kill them all um and that just showed that he's made zero progress and that's not what i was expecting well, so. he did make progress though that's he not what he ultimately like decided to do that was like that's already yeah in the, that's already too disappointing for like it, sh- oh like so you like neutered Bellamy. good job not deciding to commit genocide like good, so he's not allowed i feel like the way that he said it though was like out of like anger and then he stopped to think about it was like in well, the that's moment the thing. he didn't seem that angry like if it was a scene where he was like blowing up and said something like that that would be fine it just sounded like he was like here's a plan we'll kill all of them and it's like really that's all you could come up with after all that has uh, all that has happened i didn't feel well, that to be way fair, sky crew is really good about killing people well so it was a pretty good plan they learned from the best <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't feel that way. I felt like it's like when I watch the show live and I live tweet it, that's when my angriest thoughts come out. But eventually I'm like, oh, I thought about that. And okay, I can I can kind of see where this was coming from. Like if it's tied, you know, so like I have a, like a broader thought about it after like the initial like the burst of emotion in, in the moment um, subsides. And so I think that that's exactly what Bellamy doing was doing. He was live tweeting his emotions about <laughs> sure, being but dead. I think if your burst of emotion is genocide, uh, I don't want to be around you. Like you're not well, a good person. Shaheen, when you get emotional, Shaheen, you want to commit genocide. You never genocide, have like but... a terrible thought randomly, but you never like actually. It's not actually a real like legitimate thought. It's just like I'll fucking kill them all. And then you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not really going to kill them all, but like, fuck all these guys, you know? Yeah. It, I, I guess it didn't feel that way to me. It felt like premeditated murder. He didn't seem like he was just, you know, he just lost his control for a second and said something he didn't mean. That was his plan. Anyway, uh, I, I liked the arguments that you gave for why that was a good thing. So, but Mm -hmm. I just... I'm just telling you how I felt. Mm, okay. I felt like you should have never said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just like, yeah. I don't like neutered Bellamy. Like, it's just, it's such a boring yeah. character, you know? Like, I like when his biggest strengths are also his biggest weaknesses, because to me, that's interesting. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. 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 And then we just have the final scene where Maddie finds out that Clark is dead, which was really heartbreaking. Um, and then she's also like, let's kill everyone. Yeah. So, y- which... All right. Yeah, and Gaia just like rolls over and is like, "Oh, I have to do what she says." <laughs> yeah, which which thankfully, well, we talked about all the Maddie stuff. Um, yeah. Do we want to like quickly talk about Clark apparently still being alive in her yeah. prison cell, full of memories? Yeah. And how you know, as as a Klexa, I did appreciate the amount of Lexa drawings that she did on the wall. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice to see. Yeah, it was also nice to see just everyone. And then yeah. um, in the preview for next week, sorry, Shaheen, cover your ears. We see fucking <laughs> Wells. Do, um, as a person? Yeah. 
No, no, like in the drawing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which still counts as part of the drinking game. Thank God. Um, I don't know if we could see him in this iteration, whether or not we got enough of like a pan around the room or whatever. But like, it was it was nice to see all of those like iconic scenes and shots that we remembered uh-huh. as like remembering and like seeing them as they were as important to Clark. Yeah. Like, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. The end. But, you know, this opens up a whole new thing of... Was Clark's just a glitch? Were they always did did everyone who had their body snatched have their own little memory room? Um I got a lot of questions. Yeah, we do it seems like we get some answers. There's a promo clip, but I guess I won't talk about it because I don't want anyone to be yeah. to listen to this and be spoiled if they don't want to listen. Um but there is if for those of you guys who watch the clips, um there is a there clip is out a clip. there that kind of hints at maybe what might be going on with that. Um, done, done, done. Yeah. So, cool. Cool. <laughs> um, My final little annoyance was, because I can't, I, I have no self-control and I'm a terrible person, uh-huh. but the, the scene where um, Bellamy is hugging Maddie and telling her and consoling her was very sweet, but then they have Echo just standing there, and it was really annoying, because it almost felt like they were saying, like, it's too, like, romantic if Bellamy's with Clark's child. Um, So what? we have to have echo standing there and it, i i will say that i did not pick up on any so of that if you if you watch the scene echo's just randomly in the scene and the scene is like it's centered on the three of them and i'm like why like why is it not centered on maddie and bellamy because this is like the shit that made me upset about like season four when bellamy thought that octavia was dead they didn't let it be about him they made it about echo so in this again i'm like how is this even remotely about echo why is she centered in the scene with like why are bellamy? you so obsessed with me it's just like it doesn't make any sense emotionally um and so I fucking get her out of the scene. Let people enjoy the emotionality of, like, Maddie. Like, it's sad. Don't fuck up the scene with Echo Pete there. I don't know. Cool. (laughs) So, last thoughts. Other thoughts. Nope. That's it. Cool. So, uh, well, actually. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to, Shaheen? Um, mine is quick, I guess. So, um... (laughs) Uh, the code that Maddie had to repeat, um, the flame is my guide, I'm the flame, whatever, mm-hmm. to get into the dream space, um, that was in trigger slang, but the flame doesn't understand trigger slang. It should have been Latin. Um, all, the, <laughs> all the flame codes are in Latin. Uh, Ascenda superiors, yeah. whatever the code was that brings it out. So this should have been in Latin. No, <laughs> I, I wrote that earlier That's... in my notes somewhere. I just didn't get to it, but I agree. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. Um, Doesn't make so mine, sense. I have I, I have nothing exciting except that I, as a person who has been listening to the same 10 songs for the last 10 years, um, and occasionally branching out, but very rarely, uh, the song that was playing at the very end when Josephine went to sleep and then we woke up with Clark, I actually recognized that song. It's from an album that I listened to, like, nonstop for the past, like, three months. And I was like, hey, I know that song. Um, so if you were wondering and you were like, I really like that. Uh, the song is called Alone by, um, I think they're from the UK. They're called Halos, H-A-E, but it's like that weird, like, um, what the fuck is the one where it's the A and the E are mixed? It's the one where they're having sex and they're connected. Yeah, okay, where, like, they're, where they're mating. Like in um, The Golden Compass, when Lara refers to her demon, it's like de- Damon. 
Damon. Yeah, exactly. So it's Halos, uh, H-A-R-L-O-S. Um, and the whole album is very good um, and very melodic, trip hoppy kind of electronic stuff. So give that a whirl. Um, and my second one, which is just more petty dickery, and I'll bring this up more next week. Maybe I'm mistaken, but where was Helios in the drawing on Clark's wall? <laughs> I mean... I get that we had all of the minor B characters covered. We had Lexa and Bellamy and Octavia ben. and Rowan and everyone. Where was the number one? I mean, it should have been front and center. I'm just saying the whole wall should have been ponies. Um, that's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like childhood Joe's room. Exactly. Covered in ponies. Briar horses. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? That white uh, nonsense. <laughs> it, lots of white nonsense. I Yeah, to be fair. To be fair, I never did stand in line for milk, Shaheen. <laughs> I did in the cafeteria, but that was what everybody did. But I bet it was chocolate milk because white nonsense. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, rich was people. Was it think. rationed? Coastal elites. No. <laughs> <laughs> you could have as much chocolate milk as you wanted. Uh, all right. Anyway. Cool. I don't think I have a well, actually. Um, I guess, like, Shaheen and I have the same well, actually. I just put it somewhere else. Um, so do we have anything to recommend whether it's a TV show or something else. Um, I will say we, girlfriend and I finished Chernobyl and yes, it is just as good as everyone says. What? Absolutely watch it. I know, I know, I know. Wild, thank you for the recommendation. Thank you. Thank my friend who works at HBO. Thanks to everyone <laughs> in the Slack chat. Thanks to everyone on the internet. Um, Chernobyl is amazing, even though the first episode had me crawling out of my fucking skin. Um, but that's excellent. Uh, I will never stop harping about Gentleman Jack. Um, and if you guys follow Metastation, I, you know, if you may have heard of them, they do, they used to do a little podcast about the hundred. Um, they are actually going to be doing a summer series. Uh, they just announced it on, on Twitter today. So I feel like I can, I can mention it and plug it here, uh, where they're actually going to be talking about, um, I know that they're doing shit. What are the shows they're doing? They're doing, um, um, I have it up in Russian doll. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let me, let me pull this up. Fuck. Uh, oh, right. So they're doing Good Omens, which is actually my third recommendation. Um, and it's adorable. What and is actually Good gets Omens? Into... I still don't know what that is. So Good Omens is uh, a Neil Gaiman story. Somebody else also wrote it. I'm a terrible person. Um, starring Michael Sheen and uh, is it David Tennant? Tennant? Whatever. Sure. The guy, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. British dude. Um, and they play um, uh, an angel and a demon who have been living on Earth the whole time. Um, and interestingly, to your point on personal identity, Shaheen, is um, they are two beings that have been inserted into human bodies. And they are, without a doubt, completely and totally in love with each other. But... They don't, it, it's it's not ever sort of canon romantic in the sense that you don't see them kiss, you don't see them be affectionate in that way, because as, as Neil Gaiman actually explained, like, and was like, I wouldn't call them gay because they are beings who happen to inhabit human bodies, but they themselves are not human. And so the idea that they would then express themselves sexually is not that that doesn't sort of track with who and what they are um they just happen to exist in human bodies um so sort of the idea of like physical sexual love is not part of their thing um but it's 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 funny it's weird it's fucking bizarre as shit and nothing makes any sense except it does and then it doesn't it's very it's a bunch of really high caliber actors having the best time if that makes sense like you watch it and you're like you guys are having the most fun playing 
Um, so uh, Metastation is doing Good Omens, Russian Doll, and then um, I have agreed, and hopefully they will not um, kick me off, um, but I have agreed to be their um, non-smart friend talking about, yelling about Gentleman Jack um, in August, allegedly. Don't quote me on this. <laughs> Things could change. They could fire me. Um, but, <laughs> but but definitely watch um, Chernobyl, Gentleman Jack, and Good Omens, the end. Bye. Cool. Shaheen? I didn't even tell you what it was about. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. Angels, demons, it's fine, yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. They love each other, but they, they don't have... But the story is actually about the end of the world and the apocalypse and, like, uh, an evil demon child, like, ending the world. But whatever. But they're in love, and that's the most important part. It would be funny if, like, their their way of showing affection was, like, they had one that was, like, involved, sex, uh, like, physical touch and penetration, but it was, like, complete, like, maybe they put, like, their foot in the, the other person's <laughs> mouth or something. <laughs> And it's just like, that doesn't look very romantic, but I guess that's what you guys do. Hey, so. man, I'm not an angel and a demon. I don't know I don't know what feels good where your erogenous zones are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend Solaris. Um, there's a version from, I think, the 70s, and then they made one in 2002. I've only watched the one from 2002. Um, and I actually watched it uh, last night again. Um, and it's beautiful. It's one of the... I think one of the most underrated sci-fi movies ever. And it's also very deeply philosophical and it's very apropos today because it's the whole movie is about personal identity and it fucks with your head. It's crazy. Cause I mean, I don't want to spoil, I don't know how much of the premise um, counts as spoiler, <laughs> but there's a lot of um, just like, oh, wait, this person, is this the same person? They sure look like them and they talk like them and they have a lot of the same memories, but not all of them. And they say they love me and what is going on? And so it's, it's very, uh, it's very good. Uh, just if you, if you care about sci-fi and you care about um, philosophy and you haven't watched Solaris, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking failure. <laughs> You've been properly Fuck shamed. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. Honestly. <laughs> cool. Uh, so mine is, I've been recently revisiting um, a show that I watched probably like two or three years ago. Um, because now there's like more, uh, it's not, it's not scripted. So now there's like just more versions of it. So I don't know if anyone's heard of Destination Unknown. Um, nope. With Josh Gates as the host. But it's a show that um, will tackle mysteries of the world, like the Yeti, or like um, places, like mines that are supposed to be haunted. And I know that all sounds really cheesy, and yes, on some level it's super cheesy, but it's just like really fun. Like if you like the host, or I don't think he does it anymore, but um, if you guys have seen Man vs. Food... Um, that host had a lot of charisma, and I think that Josh Gates has a lot of very similar charisma, and it's just kind of a fun time, and if you like, like, mystery stuff, and people exploring things, and lots of really cool places around the world, um, it's kind of a fun show. I don't know. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> Anything else? That's all. Yep. No, Great. I got nothing. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> so nice to have you. <laughs> no idea what Shaheen's yeah. going to cut out of all of this. Bob and Eliza are married. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And that's it. All right.
Maybe geek again, guys. Okay, bye, everyone. Maybe <laughs> geek again. Okay, bye. <laughs>